Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. I'm so excited you've tuned in for today's episode where we're talking about a difficult subject, helping your spouse process trauma. To give a balanced viewpoint, I've invited both Stephen and Rosie Williams on the show to share how God helped them overcome the PTSD-inducing effects of combat fighting. I believe they share practical help for marriages where one is battling with mental health issues. I hope you take time to download one of the Soul H2O journal pages to help you dive deep into the devotion and quench your spiritual thirst. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 47, along with information about our guests. So let's dive into today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. Marriage can be a dalliance of delight or feel like a battlefield where you're walking through minefields. And I'm guessing most every marriage goes through seasons of both. But this dance that has explosive reactions can literally feel like combat for those married to a spouse who has unhealed PTSD. Sadly, the wounding from trauma is not a quick fix. It often takes years or decades, depending on the depth or length of time someone has been exposed to traumatic events or circumstances. The reason? Trauma is deeply traumatic to us as humans. In researching for this episode, I was starting to get overwhelmed by the data confirming how devastating and dangerous the lasting effects of trauma can be. According to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, trauma leaves its victims' brains affected for future stress responses in the amygdala, hippocampus, and prefrontal cortex. Traumatic stress is associated with increased responses to subsequent stressors. An article from Psych Central confirms this finding in theirs called The Science Behind PTSD Symptoms, How Trauma Changes the Brain. The author expressed how after any type of trauma, from combat to car accidents, natural disasters to domestic violence, sexual assault to child abuse, the brain and body change. Every cell records memories and every embedded trauma-related neuropathway has the opportunity to repeatedly reactivate. So a traumatic event carries weight into the next stressful event and increases the effect of that subsequent stressor, making it worse than it actually is. But the person experiencing this doesn't know that's what's happening in their mind and body. Raging hormones and chemicals coursing through their bodies tell them otherwise. I would have been completely discouraged by my findings if I didn't know God, if I didn't know that He is able to heal our hearts, bodies, and minds from ungodly experiences. If I hadn't seen Him do this great work before, I wouldn't know that He is the great physician. I also know that God has given medical professionals the wisdom and skills to guide people along in the process of healing. We're blessed to live in a time where we have access to help that supports people dealing with mental health issues, most often stemming from trauma, but not always. I also know that God has given us bodies and brains that can heal from trauma. Romans 12 verse 2 reminds us that we can transform our minds and 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 also explains how we have the ability to control our thoughts. 
What I'm saying here is that you're not left helpless and hopeless if you or a loved one is experiencing the after effects of trauma. This healing process is not an easy one and is a road better traveled with a loved one. Often when a person doesn't have someone close helping them, the effects are devastating, even lethal. The author of Ecclesiastes, who wrote about his wrestlings and revelations with life, was right on target when he wrote in chapter 4, verses 9 to 12, that says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Coming alongside a spouse, friend, or loved one and helping them process trauma is one of the most loving acts you can do for someone. Bringing God into that equation and letting Him be that third strand brings a multiplied healing effect. In Genesis 2.18, God said, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. In episode 31 and 38, we go more in depth on this issue of helper and how God created us, men and women, to be co-workers, helping each other in this thing called life. Recognize your calling and do your best to help your spouse process trauma, remove the emotional minefields, and have a long, loving relationship. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is committed to calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. As the author of over 20 books and leader of the True Woman Movement, Nancy has dedicated her life to introducing and guiding women through biblical womanhood. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, weekdays at 11.30 a.m., right here on Joy, hometown Christian radio for the GTA. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Rosie J. Williams is one of two great interview guests today. Rosie holds a bachelor's degree in family and child development from Kansas State University, and she's the program manager for Point Man Kansas, a Christian organization for vets by vets. Through this organization, Rosie's provided leadership and planning of four national homefront retreats in the U.S. to address the needs of wives, moms, or daughters of veterans, those in active military, guard, or reserve families. Rosie's also a published author, blogger, and speaker. She was our interview guest on Soul H2O, Episode 10. Today, we're inviting Rosie back with her husband, Steve, who really is the star of our show today. Steve's a Vietnam War vet and the state coordinator for Point Man, Kansas. He's also filling a seat on the board of Point Man International Ministries. In addition to being a retired juvenile probation officer, he has a master's in management from Baker University. Steve is a contributor of stories of faith and courage from Vietnam by Larkin Spivey. Welcome to the show, Steve and Rosie. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. Nice to be here. 
Great to have you back, Rosie. And Steve, I am so glad to have you on the show today. I just think it's amazing what God is doing and um, using all that you've gone through. Steve, you've served in the Army from 1969 to 1971 in the 101st Airborne Division, where you were a point man in the infantry, included in your awards as a Purple Heart, a Bronze Star, Air Medallion, and Combat Infantry Badge. Steve, what was it like coming home as what many would say was a war hero? Did you feel like a war hero? Well, I don't see myself as a hero, but uh, more than that, when I came home, we were called all kinds of names and some guys were even had things thrown at them. And uh, it wasn't the the homecoming I expected. I had uh, six months left with my duty and so I came back to Topeka, Kansas and served with the uh, Senior Army Advisor Group. But uh, it was easy to kind of hide out there and do my duties. But in the public, I pretty much uh, stayed to myself and uh, avoided crowds and stuff because I didn't know what to expect. And I really began to learn that I many times wasn't welcome. Was it a difficult adjustment coming from Vietnam to the United States? Well, you know, uh, for me, uh, I was infantry. I qualified expert with every small armed weapon that the Army had. And then coming home, now what am I going to do? Because all of those skills I had uh, was not useful here at home. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, a struggle to try to see where I fit in. Yeah, to readjust. And Rosie, on your side, you know, we're talking about how you can help a spouse through, you know, difficult situations. But Rosie, how did Steve coming home from war affect your marriage? Well, um, we got married shortly after he got back from Vietnam, like six weeks after he got home. And uh, so, you know, he had uh, told me uh, a few things that went on over there and, and I kind of thought, okay, now we can get on with our life. We didn't have any information about PTSD or what that was, but um, I began to see that the guy that I sent over there was a little bit different than the guy that, had, that came home. Uh, and, and one of the ways I saw that was that he would have nightmares and uh you know start all awake in the middle of the night you know when a cat was walking across the yard or something um so there was a lot of uh behaviors there that i i didn't i didn't understand but i knew mm -hmm. that he definitely had been affected so for you steve what were some of the things that you felt you know started happening that you saw something's not right well uh, in many ways it was more natural for me to be uh, hypervigilant and uh, very careful certain things I was very sensitive to that really didn't fit here. As an example, mm -hmm. I could drive down the road and look at a tree and there might be a dead spot where there are leaves that are brown versus all the other greens. And for me, that would have been a sniper. And mm -hmm. I was very alert about that. Uh, and some of my friends around me, when they, they saw my reaction, uh, they were confused because they knew it was just dead, dead leaves. But, you know, that's one of the situations. You know, loud noises was another thing that I had to be careful with. Uh, just a number of things that in some ways may appear silly. But when I talked with my veteran buddies, 
they all understood. So there was help when you talked to some of the other guys that came back from Vietnam. And was there anything kind of organized by the Army to help you guys process this? No. Actually, uh, when I first came home, the only what I would consider help was my father. He was a World War II medic, and he dealt with some of the horrors of war. And uh, he was a smart man. He, he made me talk. He would ask me questions uh, about things over there. I could talk to him about anything. And oftentimes I found him asking me the same questions. And at first that was kind of confusing, but then I began to realize he knew I needed to talk and I couldn't talk mm. with just anybody. And so, like I said, I could share anything with him. Oh, what a blessing that would be to have a father like that who understood absolutely, you know, the situations that you were in that would cause these reactions that you were having and that PTSD was really bringing up in your nervous system to be reacting different ways and how it affected your relationship with Rosie and others. And we're going to come back and hear more of how God really turned your life around to the point that now you're helping others to really heal from PTSD and other issues related to war combat. I'm Steve Williams, and my music pick for Soul H2O Radio is Survivor by Zach Williams. For so long I carried the weight of my past. It is just about that moment and kind of the, the fleshy things, if you will. And that's kind of what's missing in, you know, mainstream or secular music, whereas the Christian music, artists are vulnerable and they write a song. It's so much more about what's life-giving and breathing and just trying to give honor and glory to God. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're here today with Steve and Rosie Williams, and we're talking about helping your spouse heal from PTSD and other you know, issues that they may be struggling with and how you can be there for your spouse. And so we just started getting into the story of, of Steve and when he came back from war and the adjustments, the difficult adjustments that it was for him and, and how he started experiencing PTSD. And so we want to take a really good look at this so that you can help your spouse. And maybe they haven't been through the war, but they might be su- uh, suffering trauma or other mental health issues. And so we hope that you're going to learn from this. And so Steve and Rosie, you you guys, um, you, you went through a lot, to say the least, um, as a result of the PTSD that you suffered, Steve. And so, Rosie, how did you help Steve in this time? Well, um, one of the things that Steve mentioned was uh, he's getting some other veterans that could relate to what he had been through. And so at the same time, I began to spend more time with some of the other wives of that had gone through the same thing. And uh, I remember meeting a lady at a conference one time, and this was like 
uh, 25, 30 years after Vietnam, and she, she told me she'd never met another Vietnam veteran wife. And so as we began to share stories, we, we saw similarities with how our husbands were dealing with PTSD and and uh, we would encourage one another to, uh, first of all, stick by them during hard times, uh, but also to be an advocate for them within the various services that were available out there. So we shared information and and uh, gave a gentle nudge when we wanted our, our guys to maybe get some more formal help or counseling that was offered through the VA system. You know, I think the younger generation can't quite understand what it would have been like for you wives at the time and you husbands at the time, because today we live in a world of the internet where we can easily connect with people around the world who have gone through similar uh, situations than us. So we, you know, we can just Google that and find groups on Facebook or other, other ways. But back then you had to absolutely seek it out. You could have lived in a town where your husband was the only war vet and you, you didn't have a way of connecting. So it took a lot more effort, but today, you know, people can find those ways. So that's really a great tip that you're giving there is to find a other people in the same situation. You know, Steve, you were sharing how your dad was such a great uh, person to rely on. Through all that you guys have gone through, and I'm assuming this didn't make, you know, times in your marriage real easy. Yeah, I would say uh, much of that, uh, I, I think, was frustrated by the fact that she didn't understand. Plus, one of the worst things that I could do was isolate and withdraw. And so that made it harder for her to understand. And uh, uh, the less she understood, the more I tended to isolate. And like mm. I said, that's the worst thing that anybody that has been through trauma can do because we need to get, uh, get it out, uh, talk with somebody who can work with us and help. Steve, what's the best thing that Rosie did for you to help you draw out of that isolation? Well, uh, boy, there's so many things that uh, she could do, but she she's really a tender-hearted gal and uh, tried tried to understand. Um, but I think maybe because she didn't, she kind of pushed me toward people who uh, could help. Uh, unfortunately, early on, there were things like going to the VA, and I was uh, rejected from the VA because they said I made too much money, which was amazing to me because I had a salary of a school teacher. And I uh, quit trying there. I gave up. And she continued and kept pursuing and talking to a number of people. And eventually we found the right people who began to write letters and do things for me. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, I have a Purple Heart, which through the VA gives you a priority. But nobody ever told me that. And she was able to find that out and begin a process of getting in and beginning to make progress and make work there. So, Rosie, from what Steve's saying, it sounds like you became his advocate in ways to get him the help that would help draw him out of that isolation. Yes, I remember one time being at a military event and talking to a, a, another military spouse and she was and her husband were a little further down the road than we were. And I just remember her saying, because I told her, I said, well, you know, he had applied for this or found this service or whatever, but 
he was denied for it or whatever. And she just said, don't ever give up. Just keep trying. Mm. And, and that was just real encouraging uh, to me to uh, realize that, yeah, we, we were just going to keep pressing in. And the other thing that made it difficult was that we had, at, by this time, after some years, we had become involved in in a military ministry. And so we it's hard because we were in the leadership position. So it's hard for you when you're a leader to say, I need help too. And we mm. had to learn to do that. We, we had to learn. And as we were able to do that, that what we found was that the people we were working to really could relate to us a lot more than if they looked at us like, oh, well, you got married and lived happily ever after. So that <laughs> openness and vulnerability there was helpful, I think. I might mm. add to that that, that uh, I think much of that was my own problem because I would say I was in denial. You know, I was a tough guy. I didn't need no stinking help. And uh, uh, we, we got a, another lady that works with us. Her husband uh, was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. And she kept telling me about this uh, PTSD stuff. And uh, I really fought it until finally I uh, was uh, asked to speak or to work with a psychologist at the VA who was excellent. And she, she worked with me for six months and kind of picked me apart, understanding my story and what I went through. And then she told me, you can't go through what you went through and not have at least some form yeah. of PTSD. And mm -hmm. that kind of broke me down to the point of beginning to listen. So I'm hearing that it's been a lifelong growing healing process, not a one, you know, one counseling session, even one, one season of counseling and it's done. It's something that you continually keep growing and healing in. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, mm. and as I was thinking about the book and, uh, you know, our target population is the veterans, but our, our secondary pro, uh, target group is anyone with PTSD. And our ministry itself is actually in process of reaching out to law enforcement, firefighters, first responders, and their spouses that are having mm -hmm. secondary secondary PTSD going on, uh, and I and I think that these these Vietnam Point men can kind of lead the way with this younger generation that's going through a lot of uh, the same things that they went through. And I was looking at the cover of our book that has two military army boots on it, and going, you know what? Doesn't look like it. But in those pages, what we have is, is a beautiful love story, not because of anything Steve and I are so great, we got married and lived happily ever after, but because of how God intervened when we got to the end of our line and showed us how to work things out and stick together through it. Yeah, I, I'm so excited. Your book, um, Nine Pairs of Boots in Vietnam, Steps to Healing Every Veteran Needs to Know, was released on Veterans Day in the U.S. and Rem Remembrance Day here in Canada. And I'm, you know, as you've released this, you've co-released this book, your target audience, you said, veterans and family members of vets, as the wife of a firefighter and hearing some of the stories, the things that Todd sees, I can just see how this is so needed because 
everyone that goes through those kind of jarring incidents, there is, there are emotional effects. I think it's amazing the endorsements you have for your book from acclaimed people. The most notable to me, though, and most impressive are the ones from your children and how your kids say, you know, your one son said, dad has always been my hero and, and how they're so proud of you for sharing this story and, and that it was really your one son that kind of inspired you to actually put it in writing. Yeah, actually, I, I don't like to write. I even got in trouble in Vietnam for not writing home just because I hate to do it. But uh, Rosie has been twisting my arm for years now. And finally, my son last year said, Dad, I want your stories in writing for my kids. And mm. that's what pushed me over the edge to say, OK, we need to get this done. And so it was for your grandkids. But God is really, uh, you know, pushing this book in the forefront. Numerous news stations have been reporting on this book and sharing about it. You're being interviewed all over in the U.S. And it's a proven methodology in your book to help people that you've actually worked through with guys in your ministry. Yes, I wish we had time because we've already begun to receive testimonials that have guys have picked up the book and reading it and it's touching their hearts. One guy said he was in awe. Another guy just said it was totally awesome. And I had a guy yesterday who I talked to. He said, I should have told you, but I'm not a reader. He said, however, I'm at chapter six and, I'm, and I hate to put it down. And so it's, it's really touching a lot of, a lot of hearts. Well, I want to thank you both for being on the show. And I believe that, you know, even just hearing your testimony, it's going to help couples who, you know, maybe one of them, whether it's the husband or the wife, is experiencing, you know, mental or emotional stress because of situations and traumas they've experienced. And they can look to you too and find encouragement that God can get them through. And I hope that everyone gets your book and, and learns from all of the great things that you share and how you help people work through the process of healing. I encourage everyone to get nine pairs of boots in Vietnam, steps to healing every veteran needs to know. Thank you so much for being on the show, Rosie and Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Sherry. <laughs> well, it's been great. And we are going to have in the show notes where people can get a hold of you. It's rosiejwilliams.com. Again, we will have links in the show notes so that you can make sure to connect and get a copy of their book. So thanks so much, guys, for being here. Thank you. Thanks. My challenge for you this week is to love on your spouse a little more. If you're not married, then I encourage you to love on someone you know who's going through a healing process related to trauma they've experienced and ask the Lord how to best help them and find the healing that He has waiting for them. Remember to check out today's show notes for links to all that Steve and Rosie Williams are doing and how you can get their book. Come back next week as we start our Christmas series, focusing on three brave women integral to the beginning of Christ's story. 
featuring interviews with three modern-day brave Christian women. Episode 48 starts off the series and features an interview with my brave friend, Cheryl Nemhard on Soul H2O for Joy Radio in the GTA. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.